Hello, and God bless you. Welcome to today's show. How are you doing this month? Are you being intentional about practicing self-love? I know that I am, and there are two things that are helping me. The first is being a part of my Get Fit 21 group, Love Yourself First. We are focused on eating healthy, drinking water, exercising. We are doing all the things that say, I love you. Secondly, my Facebook community group, we just finished our five-day Love Like Jesus Challenge. I shared with the women, if they only took away one thing, I wanted it to be this, to forgive themselves the way that God forgives them, to be kind and compassionate to themselves and to one another. I'm excited to share that the Space for Her Conference is back. It's scheduled to take place from September 22nd through the 24th at All the Nations Church. This will be the total health conference of the year for the body, mind, and spirit. Our theme is moving into new dimensions. We have an amazing lineup of anointed women of God who are going to rock the atmosphere for the glory of God. You can go to the Space For Her website at spaceforher.org to purchase your ticket. The conference will be on-site and virtual so you can attend from anywhere in the world. If you're a business owner and want to share and showcase your products, we'll also have vendors on-site. Sign up for the conference today at spaceforher.org. With February being Heart Health Month, I've been addressing heart health from a spiritual and emotional perspective. In today's episode, I'll be sharing a teaching on forgiveness that I did a few years back and felt led to share it with you again. I teach how unforgiveness not only impacts our spiritual health, but our overall physical health and well-being. And I provide spiritual and practical strategies to help you achieve optimal health. Let's get to it. When it comes to women's health, there's an overwhelming amount of information out there. And honestly, it can be quite confusing. Diets, fads, trends, which one is right? What if I told you the answers to optimal health can be found in one of the most ancient medical books ever written, the Bible. If you're ready to take the guesswork out of living a healthier life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show. I'm Rakesia McMillan, honorably retired Air Force veteran, certified health coach, and award-winning author. After years of trying to recover my health the world's way, I was still sick, depressed, and had no energy. Finally, I surrendered to God, and He showed me in the Bible how to recover my health, and it rocked my world naturally. My calling is to help women who are struggling and burnout to have more energy and lose weight by using God's prescription for physical, mental, and spiritual health. If you're ready to experience extraordinary health, grab your favorite herbal tea or power smoothie and let's get ready to rock your world naturally. In Matthew 18 verses 21 through 22, Jesus taught his disciples about forgiveness. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven times. Forgiveness is a spiritual practice that Jesus taught that we must be intentional about throughout our lifetime. 
Living with a heart that doesn't forgive impacts our spiritual and physical health. Heart disease is the number one killer of women in the U.S. Women especially are affected by heart disease with our statistics being even higher. According to the American Heart Association, a woman dies by heart disease and stroke every 80 seconds. That's one in three deaths every year. Is there a correlation between our heart health and unforgiveness? I'll answer this question and more after hearing about our two show sponsors, Get Fit 21 and my School of Health. Heart disease is the number one silent killer of women in the U.S. As a health coach, my passion is to help change this narrative with my Get Fit 21 health coaching program. Get Fit 21 is a 21-day medically endorsed educational and accountability program designed to help you achieve and maintain a lifelong healthy weight, blood sugar, cholesterol, blood pressure, and positive mindset. More than 35,000 people have experienced dramatic and positive results. Our culture promotes one diet fad after another, leaving many women confused about what to eat and how to become physically active. Get Fit 21 is different. It is a proven approach that combines science-based education, daily coach interaction, and a supportive, fun, and results-driven community. This program empowers you to step into a healthy lifestyle. Don't put your goal of getting healthier off another day. Show yourself some love by investing in your health. During this Heart Health Month, take action towards better health. If you spend 21 days of your life with me, it will be one of the best decisions that you will ever make regarding your health. You can go to my website, rakesiamcmillan.com, to sign up for the Get Fit 21 Prime Health Pack. My coaching program comes with healthy eating guides, workout programs for all levels, balanced nutrition and supplementation, tools and resources to track your daily progress, audio lessons, videos, one-on-one -on -one coaching with yours truly. Research shows that it takes 21 days for a person to make a new habit. When you improve your habits, you improve your health. Visit rakesiamcmillan.com to sign up for the Get Fit 21 program today. Do you want to know the secret of women who don't get sick? Have you ever wondered why you always seem to come down with a life-threatening virus or certain illnesses throughout the year while other women sail through the season, sniffle, cough, and ache-free? The secret lies in having a strong immune system. I know this all too well because I used to suffer from a weakened immune system prior to becoming a health coach. Everything from the common cold to cancer is affected by your immune system. And when your immune system is strong, you will experience amazing health and vitality. And so if you're ready to say goodbye to always feeling sick and enjoy a healthy, energized life, I'm offering my free course, Seven Ways to Boost Your Immune System and Live a Vibrant Life. I created this course to help you take charge of your immune system absolutely free. In this course, you're going to learn ways to prevent illnesses, discover natural ways to boost immunity. You're going to receive tips on how to gain energy and vitality, 
a colorful 20-page immune-boosting e-guide, video presentation to follow along with the e-guide, and I've also included bonus breathwork biblical meditations, all for free. You can say yes to better health by enrolling in this course today by going to my School of Health at rakesiamcmillancommunity.com forward slash School of Health. That's rakesiamcmillancommunity.com forward slash School of Health. Our scripture focus is coming from Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go? Up to seven times? Jesus answered him, I say to you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. You know, the Bible is filled with a number of experiences and examples involving forgiveness. And if we really think about it, the Bible in itself is one long story of how God continually reaches out to us to show us his love and his forgiveness. It started out in Genesis 3.15 when he gave his first promise as a redeemer who would forgive the world of their sin. And it didn't just stop there, but God gives so many different examples, so many different stories in his word demonstrating forgiveness. One of the areas that we have to think about and really understand is what it actually means to forgive. A simple definition of forgiveness is this. It's giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. I'm going to say that again. It's giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. And you know, it's absolutely impossible to live on this fallen planet that we call Earth without getting hurt, offended, misunderstood, lied to and even rejected. But we've got to come to a place where we learn how to respond properly because this is one of the basics of being a Christian. It's one of the basics to living a victorious Christian life. And so that word forgive, it means to wipe the slate clean, to pardon, to cancel a debt. And so when we wrong someone, We seek their forgiveness so that we can restore the relationship. It's just like it is with God that when we're seeking his forgiveness, it's because we want to restore our right relationship with him. And so it's important to remember that forgiveness is not granted because a person deserves it because God knows that so many of us, we don't even deserve to be forgiven. But instead, it's an act of love, of mercy and grace. And so how we act toward that person that needs our forgiveness or they need to forgive us, you know what, there may be a change in the dynamic of the relationship, but it doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves back into a harmful situation or suddenly accept or approve of their continued wrong behavior. It simply means that we are releasing them. Just as Jesus told Peter to let it go, it means that we are releasing them from the wrong that they committed against us. And so forgiveness is not only for us, it's not only for our well-being, but remember that the person on the other end, on the receiving side, they need to be released from anger, fear, 
guilt and shame just as much as we do. And so we forgive them because God forgave us. There's a quote I want to share that comes from Marianne Williamson. And she wrote, forgiveness is not always easy. At times it feels more painful than the wound we suffered to forgive the one that inflicted it. And yet there's no peace without forgiveness. I love that because you, much like me, we have probably encountered people who are walking around in the world that they are angry, they're mad, they're bitter. They're bitter because of the situation. They may be bitter at God. They may be bitter because of an incident that took place or because someone wronged them. And so they're walking around like this because they have not come to a place of forgiveness and they're walking without peace in their soul. And that can be a very tormenting state. And the Bible has many examples of this when it comes down to people that are walking around in bitterness and unforgiveness and what it can actually do to you. And these are some of my favorite examples. And the first one is about the two twin brothers, Esau and Jacob, found first in Genesis 25. And these two brothers, although they were twins, they were as different as night and day. And one of them was a man's man who was Esau. He loved being outdoors. He liked tending the sheep and he loved hunting. And his brother was on the flip side of the coin. He preferred to stay at home. He, he preferred to learn from his mom. He was a homebody. And so one day, the younger brother, who was Jacob, he tricked his older brother Esau out of his birthright. And Esau became so incensed at being tricked by his younger brother that his heart was filled with so much animosity and rage to the point that he wanted to actually kill Jacob. So their mother got word of it. She told Jacob, your brother is on a rampage. He is out to take your life. You have to get out of here. And so out of fear, Jacob fled from his brother. And so the brothers grew older. They both became married. They had children of their own and they were older men. And at a specific point in time, God allowed their paths to cross again and when they finally met, what did Esau do? He ran to his brother Jacob and he hugged him and he kissed him and he showed forgiveness and mercy. And he had so forgiven Jacob that Jacob was surprised because he thought that there might be hard feelings that he still wanted to take vengeance out on him. But it was totally not the case because God replaced the anger, the rage, the animosity with love and compassion for his brother. Another example about forgiveness among brothers is found in Genesis 37 with Joseph, the young dreamer, as I love to call him. God had blessed him with a prophetic gift to be able to see dreams of his future and his destiny. And he shared those dreams with his brothers and his father's mother. But when he shared those dreams, his brothers became jealous and they began to greatly despise him. And so because he was well favored, 
his father gave him a coat of many colors. And one day when his brothers were away from home, uh, Joseph goes out, he finds his brothers, and as he approaches them, they begin to talk amongst themselves about a plan that they were devising to get rid of their younger brother. And so they stripped him of his robe, they threw him in a pit, and they left him for dead. And so they were going to take his coat, which they did. They killed a wild beast, put the blood of that wild beast on his coat of many colors and presented it to their father and told him that he was actually killed by a wild beast, which was a lie. They were going forward in secrecy. Their jealousy consumed them so much that they could not be truthful because of what they had done to their baby brother. But the reality of it was, is that Joseph was not killed. Out of guilt, one of the older brothers, he further perpetuated the wrong against Joseph. And he told them at the time when they were with him, they said, you know what? We're not going to leave him in this pit to die because you, his blood is going to be on our hands and it's not going to leave our lives. And so what we'll do is we're going to sell him into slavery. And that's exactly what they did. So Joseph was sold to the Egyptians in a foreign land. And later on, not only was he a slave, but he was accused of raping uh, Potiphar's wife and he was sentenced to prison. And while he was in prison, he excelled and he was promoted only second to Pharaoh, ruling over all the land. And Joseph, he could have become bitter. He could have, you know, thought about all of the things that his brothers had done to him and why they were so jealous of him. But this is an amazing story of forgiveness. And it culminates with these words from Joseph to his brothers. And Joseph said to them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Genesis 50 verses 19 to 21. Another example of forgiveness comes from the book of Psalms. And King David actually wrote a song of forgiveness. And I love the Psalms because there are so many beautiful songs that we can um, equate to our current life situations because it's so relevant. And this was at a time in David's life where he was just going through a really hard time. And he wrote about a time where he exercised very poor judgment. And at the time, you know, David, he was a king. And instead of him going out with other kings during the season of war, he made a bad decision and stayed back home. And that decision that he made opened up a door for him to commit sin and adultery with another man's wife who was actually on the front lines. He was out in the battlefield. He was out warring with other nations. And so while he was out warring, his name was Uriah, David committed adultery. 
with his wife. And not only did he commit adultery with this man's wife, he intentionally had him murdered on the battlefield so that he could cover up the sin of committing adultery. And he had also gotten Uriah's wife pregnant. And David was hiding all of these things in his heart, but God saw it all. And sometimes when we don't seek out God's forgiveness and repentance, there will be times that he may send a prophet to us or another believer because he wants our way to be set on the path to forgiveness. And in David's case, God sent Nathan the prophet to expose his wrong, to tell him everything that he had done. And David was so broken that he repented and had to live with the consequences of his sin. But he wrote this song in Psalms 51 and God forgave him. Another familiar story between a father and a son. These are all about family relationships because in our families, we go through much of these things that are shared in the scriptures already. The story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. And Jesus actually taught this story to illustrate the redemption, the love, and the forgiveness that the father has for us as his children. And so you may be aware that this there was a man who had two sons and the oldest son, he was obedient and content to live with his father. The younger son, he could not wait to get away from his family and to live on his own. And when he was able, he went to his father, he asked him for the portion of his inheritance. And when he got his money, he ran off to a distant land. And Jesus says that the young man, he wasted his money in wild living. And so after a time, you know, the economy bottomed out. He had no more money. He didn't have a job. He didn't have friends. And so he was willing to take whatever job he could. And he ended up taking care of pigs for a farmer. And because he was so destitute, he was even willing to eat the food, the slop that the pigs were eating in order to stay alive. And so the young man, he wised up. The Bible says that he came to his senses and he realized that he had a loving father, a compassionate father, a good father who treated his servants better than he was living. And so he decided to return home. He wanted to return as a servant because then he would at least have food. But little did he know that his father was waiting there expecting him to return. And as soon as the father saw the young man on the horizon, what did he do? He didn't wait for him to get to where he was, but he ran to him with open arms of forgiveness. And so he returned back to a father who was willing to accept him as his son, as he always was. And so he was forgiven and restored to his former position in the family. And you know, this is the ultimate display of forgiveness that's based upon the forgiveness that God extends to each and every one of us through his son that died on the cross for our sins. And so God, you know, he recognizes that because of the sin nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve, that it's just in our nature to sin. 
The Bible says that in the flesh, there's no good thing. And it always wants to live contrary to the principles that he has laid out in the Bible. But because God loves us so much, his solution for the problem was to make forgiveness of our sins available to us by the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. And so the Bible has several verses that instruct us to forgive others who have sinned against us. Ephesians 4, 31 to 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slandering, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Matthew 6, 12 through 14, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And lastly, Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so we've taken time to really look at the spiritual aspect of forgiveness, but what about the natural in the natural, when a person carries unforgiveness in their heart, did you know that it's actually classified in medical books as a disease? Yes, that's right. Forgiveness is classified in medical books as a disease. And here's what researchers have discovered. According to Dr. Stephen Standiford, Chief of Surgery at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Refusing to forgive makes people sick and keeps them that way. With that in mind, forgiveness therapy is now being used to help treat diseases such as cancer. It's important to treat emotional wounds or disorders because they really can hinder someone's reaction to the treatments, even someone's willingness to pursue treatment. Of all cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. Let me read that statistic again. Of all cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. And of those, more than half are severe, according to research by Dr. Michael Berry, a pastor and the author of the book, The Forgiveness Project. After thorough medical, theological, and sociological research and clinical experience at the Cancer Center Treatment of America, Pastor Barry discovered that the immune system and forgiveness are very much connected. Harboring these negative emotions, this anger and hatred, it creates a chronic state of anxiety. And chronic anxiety very predictably produces excess adrenaline and cortisol, which deplete the production of natural killer cells, which is your body's foot soldier in the fight against cancer. Pastor Barry believes that the first step in learning to forgive 
is to realize how much we've been forgiven by God. When a person forgives from the heart, which is the gold standard, as we see in Matthew 18, forgiveness, individuals are able to find a sense of peacefulness. And so many times, patients refer to that feeling of lightness when they've released that forgiveness. People don't realize what a burden and that anger and hatred have until they let them go. So anger and hatred and unforgiveness actually weigh you down. It's where depression and oppression come in. And if it's allowed to go on, it can even lead to suicidal ideations and open up your spirit to become taken and attacked to the point to where demon spirits will attack you to where you will begin to think suicidal thoughts because you've allowed that unforgiveness in your heart to overtake you. So whether it's a simple argument or a spat that you've had with your spouse, or maybe there's some kind of long-term resentment toward a family member, a friend, some kind of unresolved conflict, it can actually go deeper than you realize and could be the reason why you are not physically well. Because did you know that chronic anger puts you in a continual state of a fight or flight mode. And this results in a lot of different changes within the physical body, changes in your heart rate, your blood pressure, your immune response. And so those changes, they increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, a whole lot of other conditions. And so many of you know that my work with clients, it focuses on the health of the immune system. And so when your immune system is burdened down, when it's weighted down with emotional issues, they weaken your physical body and your health begins to decline. So unforgiveness is an emotional state that not only affects you spiritually, but it also affects you physically. Now, when we can forgive and let go of anger and bitterness and strife and hatred, the immune system begins to respond in a different way. It begins to become healthy. It begins to calm down and our stress levels begin to become reduced and it leads to overall improved health. And so just as we were going over the studies from the doctors earlier, there are further studies that show that the act of forgiveness reaps huge rewards for your health. It lowers the risk of heart attack. It improves cholesterol levels and your sleep. Some of you may be tossing and turning because your soul is in a traumatic state because you have not forgiven. That might be the reason why you're not sleeping. It reduces pain. Some of you may be wondering why you have arthritis or joint pain or muscle pain, pain in your tendons, all of your body. Unforgiveness causes the body to experience pain. Your blood pressures, pressure is affected. Higher levels of anxiety, 
depression and stress, all of these things are affected when we release another person and forgive and let it go. All of this research points to an increase in a healthier state when we release individuals and we let them go. And further studies show that people are more satisfied with their lives when they have less depression, less anxiety, stress, anger, hostility. I know that all of us do when our our stress levels are lower, when we're not angry, we feel much better. But those who hang on to grudges are more likely to experience depression and even post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as other health conditions. And so ultimately, God did not create us. He did not design us in a way that we're supposed to hold on to grudges, bitterness, anger, envy towards anyone. So if we choose to do so, staying in a place of unforgiveness, it will take a major toll on your spiritual, emotional, and physical health. And I have seen this with some clients. Forgiveness is not just about saying words, but it is an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of the negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. And so as you begin to release that anger, release that resentment, release that hostility, God will begin to replace those negative emotions with love and empathy and compassion. And sometimes you'll even have love for that person who wronged you. But when we're silent, as the psalmist said in Psalms 32 and 3, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. Don't you know that so many people, their bones and their joints are wasting away? that their bodies are wasting away because they have not forgiven. So you need to take a moment and reflect on this issue, this area of forgiveness in your health and ask God, what is it that you would want me to do? And I ask you to genuinely Be honest and search your heart and allow the light of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you any unforgiveness and bitterness residing within your soul because it is a poison to the soul. There is a mind, body, and spirit connection. Even though we are made up of a, we are three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit, They are all connected. And when one area is off, we will be totally out of balance. And so we want to reach a place of being whole in our soul, in our spirit, in our body. Because when we're not, our health is also impacted. Our immune system is impacted. And I encourage you, don't keep silent any longer. If God has shown you something or you know that something is in your heart, he wants you to confess the sin and extend forgiveness to the person associated with that pain and hurt. And as Jesus told Peter to let it go, 
I just want to encourage you, my brother, my sister, to let it go. Your spiritual, your physical, your emotional health is at stake. Your relationship with God is at stake. Your quality of living is at stake. Jesus paid such a high price so that we can be forgiven. And if you have committed a sin or someone has committed a sin against you, know that there is nothing that cannot be healed by God emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Think about some of the areas in your life that God would have you to do some soul searching. And you may be saying, you know what? I'm not quite sure where I'm at at this state in my life. And I just want to share some signs and symptoms that could be factors that are showing that you are harboring unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe you don't know why you're angry all of the time, why you have wrong thoughts or negative recurring thought patterns and negative attitudes. You have a resistance to the word of God. You have a resistance to the truth. There are certain people, certain things and situations you might have a dislike for. You you hold grudges. You're a carrier over small things and also over or large things. You feel like you want to retaliate. You are disrespectful in your conversation, in your body language, in your actions. You hurt one another. You hurt other people because you're hurting. You're walking in rebellion. Physically, you may have arthritis. You may have joint pain, body pains, body aches. Your body may be plagued with a sickness. Other physical ailments. These are all underlying symptoms that unforgiveness may be the reason why you're experiencing this. And so just like we talked about how unforgiveness can impact your health, now I'm going to give you some some solutions. Here's what you can do to change the direction to where you're going. One, confess your sins and any unforgiveness before the Lord. Don't keep silent any longer, but let it be known before the one who cares, the one who created you, the one who's able to forgive. Two, forgive the other person in faith because you can't go on your feelings or your emotions. Three, ask the Lord to forgive them. Ask the Lord to bless that person in the way that he wants to bless them. And you can even bless them yourself. And then the five, number five and the final one, if you don't know what upset them, find out what offended them and apologize so you can win them to the Lord and share the gospel as well as walk in the peace of God. Forgiveness is not always easy, but is necessary for our spiritual, physical, and emotional health. Maybe you're listening and the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart 
reminding you of a sister or brother that needs to be forgiven by you. Forgiveness is not about how we feel, but it's an act of our will and a commandment from God. Maybe you've experienced an emotional wound that is so deep that you don't know if you can forgive. I want to give you an exercise that helped me work through forgiving someone by writing a forgiveness letter that involves four steps and is not to be sent, but is used as a personal healing tool. You can do this exercise during a personal time of quiet and calm. The four steps are empathy, forgiveness, writing the letter, and letting go. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. You sense their emotions, imagining what someone else might be thinking or feeling. Think about the person who hurt you and imagine empathizing with that person. Maybe it's your mother, a sibling, father, pastor, neighbor, or friend. Try to view the situation from the person's eyes. See them as a whole person rather than being defined solely by their hurtful behavior towards you. This does not mean that you're excusing or tolerating their behavior. Instead, it's about letting go of your hurt, anger, and hostility for your own benefit and embracing the Christ-like approach when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The second step is to embrace forgiveness. Imagine yourself granting this person forgiveness. What emotions do you feel? What are your facial expressions? What physical sensations do you feel in your body? Your greater personal awareness will result in a genuine and lasting impact. The third step is to sit down and write the letter. Describe in detail the injury or offense. Describe how you were affected by their actions at the time and how the hurt still stings. Write out what you wish the other person had done differently. Close out the letter with a clear statement of forgiveness and genuine understanding by using I statements. I realize now that hurt people hurt other people. I understand that you parented me out of your personal experience. I know that you were not taught how to show love and affection and just didn't know how to emotionally support me as a child. I forgive you. I forgive my mother for her alcoholism. I forgive my pastor for spiritual abuse. I forgive my teacher for telling me that I couldn't write. I forgive my uncle for sexually abusing me. I forgive my husband for having an affair. I forgive my sister for humiliating me in public. I forgive my friend for taking advantage of me. You may find it difficult to do this exercise, but know that it's okay. Healing is a process and does take time. 
If this is the case, put your letter aside and try writing it again in a few days. Or choose another person that is not as painful, starting with something that's easier for you. With time, you can move on to more difficult situations. And the fourth and final step is that after you've written the letter, pray and ask God to help you to let it go. Remember that you're not sending the letter to the person, but the letter is for your own inner healing. Writing is therapeutic and allows you to cleanse your soul of negative and toxic emotions and experiences. You have written what was troubling your heart and you've said what you wanted to say. Now you can see if you're ready to move on. You may or may not be. As Jesus told Peter, we must make forgiveness a lifetime practice. The way that we become better at something is through repetition. The more we practice forgiveness from a genuine place, we become better at it. The effects of practicing forgiveness are beneficial to our spiritual, emotional, and physical health. If you'd like to go deeper in your journey with forgiveness, I recommend the following book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Discover how to move on, make peace with painful memories, and create a life that's beautiful again by Lisa Turkarest, which comes with a forgiveness journal, study guide, and streaming video to help you move beyond unresolved pain. I'll leave you with a quote from Marian Williamson. The practice of forgiveness is our most important contribution to the healing of the world. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I pray that it blessed and challenged you to move towards living the abundant life that God has for you. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone who's been praying to improve their health spiritually, physically, or emotionally? I would love it if you could take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know that you're liking the show. Also, it rocks my world to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to my free community, rakesiamcmillancommunity.com, to grab your free gifts. I have everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses, or connecting. Also head over to rakesiamcmillan.com to explore my health products and sign up for free complimentary health coaching. My prayer for you will always be 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.